Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Curtis and I will be here Monday through Friday, every week, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we will be here every week, every day, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, we will talk about Kyle's latest piece on The Athletic about the recruiting pitches to the current Kentucky players, some of the turn-ons and turn-offs. We'll catch up on some current recruiting about guys that might be joining Kentucky next season. And then we'll wrap today with your questions that were submitted via Twitter. We do our mailbag every week. we got some fun ones this week, Kyle, so I'm looking forward to the end of this podcast. Um, but speaking of fun, I, I rather enjoyed your piece about the guys on the current Kentucky team and the pitches they got, some good from Kentucky, obviously, because that's where they picked, and some bad <laughs> from other schools. What was the what was the worst kind of pitch that a player said he got from a school that he didn't pick? Uh, I mean, I guess the the worst or the maybe the most foolish was uh, Nick Richards. He said the biggest mistake was somebody said they didn't want to talk to my mom. Um, they only wanted talk only wanted to talk directly to him. He thought that was disrespectful. And he's super, super, super close to his mom. I have a piece coming out tomorrow. Today, I guess, as people listen to this on Thursday, another a piece from some of the preseason interviews. And you'll see how close Nick Richards is to his mom. But um, that was obviously a pretty big mistake. And then kind of rolling through that idea, I asked everybody, what was the biggest mistake somebody made and other schools made in recruiting you? And what's the thing Cal said that sealed the deal? And it was interesting. Most people said a version of the biggest mistake was, you know, thinking as a five-star player, they wanted to be coddled. You know, different schools promised guys roles or said, you'll get to take all the shots or we'll build the team around you or you're going to be the man. Thinking that's what a, guy, a five-star guy wants to hear. And and a lot of them said, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. I want to be challenged. And and almost all of them said that the thing that Cal Perry said who's, that sealed the deal was, was you know, you're going to have to work for it. And sort of building off the Nick Richards thing and the idea that his mom was disrespected. When I asked him what the thing, what Cal said that sealed the deal, he went back to his mom again. He said, my mom has always been honest with me. And she always said that the people who might not say what you like, but they're being honest are the people you want to be around. And Cal's always been honest with me since the day I met him. And that's why I committed here. I thought that was interesting too. Um, the overarching idea of the piece being that, you know, why is Cal so happy? Why does it seem like he's so giddy that this whole team seems to have a workmanlike attitude? It's is because he kind of recruited to that. I mean, he made sure that all these guys understood you're not the man here. And that goes back to, you know, he's been telling guys that since Anthony Davis. And did you know, you know they all hey, they all reiterated that. Did I know Anthony Davis took the fifth most shots on the national championship team? Is that what you're going to say? Oh, you knew that? You heard that stat before? Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know anything. What about Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Did he? What did he take? You know, he took the fifth most shots, and he was the second overall pick. <laughs> Anthony took the fourth, and Michael took the fifth. Yeah, but yeah, I thought, I, also interesting, and it's kind of in the top of that piece. Cal Perry talked about, and and I'm sure he has talked about this. Uh, you know, I've heard him talk about so many things that sometimes I forget some of them. And maybe he's talked about it since I've been here. Or maybe he talked about it before I came. But I don't recall him talking a whole lot about this. He called it the Brandon Knight culture and said that when he saw Brandon Knight, the way he worked, all the extra work he put in, and you know that you know he was a top five player himself, but he was a gym rat who was in there after hours all the time. And 
he's the catalyst for a team that not many people had going to the Final Four went to the Final Four. Um, Cal said that he changed what they were looking for in players, and I yeah. thought that was interesting. You know, and then so then the next recruiting class is Anthony Davis's recruiting class, and Anthony Davis in that document on the thirty for thirty about Calipari, you see him in a practice saying, "I don't give a crap that you were the number one recruit. I don't care what you're ranked. Like either do this right or get out of yeah. here." You know, he's been treating players top top players like that ever since, and you know it, it's counterintuitive. I think I think it's why a lot of it, you know, a lot of the other schools made that mistake with these type players. It it goes against what you would think. You know, it goes against almost sort of the the narrative about, you know, AAU basketball and top-ranked guys and the corruption of it all and how everybody's got their hand out and everybody wants a handout. It sort of goes against the idea that the five-star guys all want to be treated like kings, and and that might not necessarily be the case. If you listen to these guys talk, that's what they didn't like about so many schools' pitches. And they, you know, they appreciated that Cal Perry could say, I'm not going to do that for you, like, but I will make you better and I will help you achieve your dream. That's That was the thing that kind of stood out to me, that it was so consistent. If you go through the piece, it's all 10 scholarship guys. Every one of them was a top 100 recruit. Eight of them were five-star recruits in high school. Every single one of them talks about Calipari saying, you are not promised anything. I thought the consistency of message there was pretty interesting. He keeps it 100 and keeps it yep. real. 100. Hunt it, and uh, to your point about the Brandon Knight kind of talking point, that first I believe appeared in the Bahamas over the summer. And honestly, when he first said it, I thought he had misspoke because the context was a little bit different than I'd ever heard him mention it. And we've been around Calipari so long, I almost feel like I know what he's going to say before he says it. And so it kind of struck me as different. And I think you're completely correct that he had mentioned it in previous years. You know, he's always. Uh, given a lot of credit to Brandon Knight and talked about Brandon Knight's work ethic, but he never mentioned it in the context as they kind of started recruiting different types of players to fit that mold. And it is an interesting little piece because Brandon Knight's kind of a forgotten guy in a lot of instances where his NBA career hasn't gone all the way you know, to the top, mostly because of injuries, in my opinion. And he's kind of a quiet, unassuming guy, so he doesn't make a ton of headlines except for when he gets traded or gets hurt. And so there hadn't seemed to be a ton of connections between him and the Kentucky fan base. And what he did here was really impressive making that Final Four run. So it was kind of cool to see Calipari making that point. Um, Kyle, I did want to get to my favorite portion of the of the piece. And it was, of course, Quade Green, my guy. And I will... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is the only, uh, only guy we're going to talk about. You should read the whole thing from Kyle. You can find it on his Twitter page or just go to The Athletic and subscribe. But... I'm going to steal the, this this money quote because here's what Quade said on Cal. He sits down, talks to you, speaks the realness, speaks the real to you and your family, what you need to do and how you need to do it. He's a professional. He's good at what he does. I'll say that. He's Italian. He's got that mode of talking and communicating that's somebody that connects. He's a real Italian. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real Italian. I have absolutely no idea what quade is saying there uh and that is a frequent situation for me uh, he just says some really interesting things uh yeah yeah he's it's, the best oh goodness yeah i i just think he starts talking he has no idea what he's what he's gonna say next and sometimes it 
it all comes together and oftentimes it does not but i, I mean he always says it with utter confidence oh. the best of all time the, the best of all time was his totally sure of himself when some when uh i think sean smith asked him at the tournament last year if he knew if he knew what they called atlanta and he said yeah cat city <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh. yeah, of course I do. It's Cat City. So, yeah, I mean, you can't be quite a green. He is a, he is a unique personality. There is no question about that. Uh, a couple quick notes before we take a break and then jump into some recruiting. One, Rupp Arena has changed some things because of construction. So I would suggest UK fans that are going to Madness or any games this year go to UK Athletics and get more information. Some of the doors are now closed because there's a bunch of construction equipment in front of it so we can't get in that way, including us media folk, Kyle. And as most people know, our plight is the most important, and we will probably complain about it. At least some of our brethren will complain about how something had to be changed for us. Um, also, Kyle, real quick, on I needed to get your take on this. Are you pro or against the cartoon basketball poster that UK put out this season? I like it. I mean, I like, I like that they did something different. It's cool that they went out and got a a well-known illustrator. He's he's known for doing a lot of NBA stuff, I think. It's neat. I'm sure the players dig it. Yeah, I like it. Okay. There's been some reaction, some negative, mostly positive, which is actually a pretty good thing in the current climate of how, how things go overall, in my opinion, a lot of time. Anything that's new, people just get very, very angry at. Speaking of new, there's new way to watch TV, and it is Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Sometimes you, you're not at your house and you're not, you don't have your cable box with you. So how are you going to watch? Well, you're going to ditch cable and you're going to get Sling TV. Are you sick of paying for a bunch of channels you never watch? Here's what you do. You get Sling TV. It's the best way to watch college football. 30 bucks a month can get you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more of the sports channels. You can stream it to your big screen. You can watch on your phone. You can watch on your computer, your tablet, anything. Sling TV gives you live TV, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and here's the biggest one, you can cancel at any time. Or, I'll add this, you can modify packages, add sports, add things. That's what I end up doing on my Sling account. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial. So basically, you get a free test, see if you like it. If you do, keep it. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. But here's how you get to the free trial. Sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. And check out Sling TV. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. couple of uh, recruiting updates. One, Oscar Schwebe has announced that he will make his announcement on October 1st. He just came back from his trip to West Virginia University, saw old Huggy Bear up in the mountains of West Virginia. His final four are Kentucky, West Virginia, Baylor, and Illinois. Most people believe it's going to come down to Kentucky and West Virginia. Kyle, do you have any kind of insight into what the heck this shot-blocking monster from the Congo will do? Uh, you know, it seems like the the tide has turned back to West Virginia after a, a, a surge of uh, positivity about Kentucky. I think his crystal ball is now very heavily West Virginia. It's interesting, before all the Kentucky buzz, when Kentucky was just getting involved, but they hadn't, you know, get, gotten all the buzz yet about maybe being able to steal him, someone that is fairly informed reached out to me and just said, "Isn't that it's not happening for Kentucky? This is a West Virginia dude." Um, 
you know, and I thought, well, maybe they maybe they turned the tide, but um, I mean, they've been on him forever. They've been recruiting him a lot longer than Kentucky has. There's several uh, I, connections there. I've heard that they have recruited him before he actually came to America. They started recruiting him. So, I mean, you, yeah, when you I say forever, right. <laughs> yeah, it's been like as long as he's been in the country. Yeah, and so, I mean, it would have been a and and could still be. I mean, I'm not. It sounds like they're going to still um, host some the both coaches, you know, let them make final pitches or whatever. And so I, I don't guess it's over. But um, uh, right now, I, it seems based on what I heard before the Kentucky buzz, and now that the pendulum seems to have swung back to to West Virginia again, my my gut is probably West Virginia. That'll probably keep Bob Huggins from. Uh, you know, disowning John yeah. Calipari as a friend if he can hang on to his hang L- on to his guy. Luckily, but, uh, it's, I mean, John Calipari will stay in Bob Huggins' top five MySpace account because I guarantee, but that's what <laughs> both of those guys use for social media. Yes, MySpace accounts that are verified with Hotmail email, <laughs> and and uh, John Calipari plays train when you open the page. Yes, exactly. Uh, but you know, it's going to be it's going to if. If Oscar goes there, um, and you wonder, okay, does some of that have to do with the the increasing vibes for Kentucky on Isaiah Stewart, a guy that they were not really in the picture for a few weeks ago, a top five big man, top five player who is a big man. Now there's a lot of you know now there's a lot of buzz about Kentucky and that recruitment. You wonder, did them you know fully committing to that recruitment, starting to make headway in that regard, did that you know, scare off Oscar. I don't know. Um, but if they don't get Oscar and then they don't get Isaiah Stewart, you know, the, the two that are going to wait a little longer, James Wiseman has said he might announce in December, but uh, I think still that uh, Vernon Carey is, well, is Vernon Carey announcing early too? He said that he wanted to announce right after he finished up. He, he, he said he wanted to sign early is what I, okay. I read from the, okay. the light, I last. I couldn't remember. I, these, are, these are all running together for me. Yeah, Point so many being, big men. It, if Oscar's off the board and then they don't get Stewart, then you're down to the the one and two players in the country that a bunch of other people want, you know, a bunch of people in Vernon Carey's case and, and you're in this battle with Memphis in James Wiseman's case, I think you start to get a little worried if you're Kentucky as each one of these guys goes off the board. looks like Oscar will be the first. You know, there could be some stressful days ahead mm. because as we've talked about, they're going to potentially – and almost likely lose all their front court players from this year. At least I would say three of the four, and very likely four of four. Well, uh, that's that's worrisome. On the last podcast we had with Seth Greenberg, former college basketball coach, current ESPN commentator, um, and if you missed that, go check it out. You suggested Kyle that they should just be running out like five guards anyway in a small lineup. So maybe that's what Calipari will have to do next season if, if none of these guys come through and you'll you'll finally be satisfied and not question John Calipari anymore. Well, I mean, these, that's all he's going to have if they don't get the, any of these big guys. This would be all guards and wings. Brad uh, Calipari. I mean, honestly, I would love to watch him be forced to play in like a weird way, but with like super talented guards and wings. Um, I, I mean, it could be really, really interesting. Um they're gonna get a big guy. I know. They're gonna get at least they're gonna get at least one five star big guy. I would be shocked if they don't. 
Um, I do think it's possible, though, that they end up in a situation where it's coming down to the wire and you're going, well, we only have one and we're losing four. Like, what do we do? And, I, and in that case, I think we've discussed as well, if I'm if I got a if I have a gra- a, a guy who's going to graduate soon in a college major college program who's going to get his degree within this season and he's a good player, then I am looking over my shoulder for John Calipari because uh, they are going to go steal somebody's grad transfer again, especially if this Reed Travis thing works out the way I would expect it will. I'm almost of the mind that that's probably going to happen anyway. Like even if you get two five-star big men, you need more than two big men on your roster. I would guess they'll probably still go get a grad transfer. I yeah, I could definitely see that happening. The other bit of recruiting news is just you know following John Calipari on Twitter. He's been tweeting out a bunch of pictures from Seattle, Mount Rainier, a picture of him walking up a hill, which was just weird. He has a weird Twitter account. It's so odd. He does. And uh, obviously he goes out there to see Jaden McDaniels, who's the five-star kind of combo wing. And I only make this comparison because this is what he kind of plays like. He's not to this talent level, but everybody says Kevin Durant. He's not as good as Kevin Durant, right. but that's his style, and he's that tall. He's tall like Kevin Durant. His final Tall and very thin like Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like very, he, he's built. I think the comparison, as much as anything, comes from the fact that that's exactly that's the exact Kevin Durant build. Just really tall and about as thin as a sheet of paper. His final five are Kentucky, San Diego State, Texas, UCLA, and Washington. His brother plays at San Diego State, so there's the connection there. And then the other, those other big time, kind of big time programs. And obviously, Washington is the home state school. Also, it kind of, you know, he's had some questions where he was a late riser and people who've seen him earlier in his career were kind of questioning what he what he is, like how can he play, where will he play? All the reports from USA camp out in Colorado Springs last week is that he's just taken his game to another level and he seems to be almost a consensus top 5 player at this point. So, Kentucky's the only team east of the Mississippi involved and John Calipari taking two trips out there kind of shows you that they must think they have a, a chance unless, for whatever reason, Calipari is just trying to get some frequent flyer miles. Yeah, that that would be such a great story if it came out that, like, like John Calipari was just, like, two cross-country trips away from, like, the Million Miler Club or whatever, the, the double platinum diamond status on American Airlines or is that are you Are you referencing the um, Up in the Air movie? Up in the air, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just like, I'll just go take two. Let's be clear. You you will not have seen John Calipari on your American Airlines flight because he is flying on a, on a private jet. But, yeah, I think, if, I think the fact that he has flown all the way across the country twice and you say, well, he's a private jet, it doesn't matter. He still takes a really long time. It yeah. takes a giant piece of your week to fly to the West Coast. It's why we've talked about before. Like they have, they have not loaded up on West Coast recruits, even though they can recruit nationally. It's just a massive commitment of resources and time um, for him. I think this is what in the span of two or three weeks now that he's flown uh, to Washington State and back. That tells me that there's got to be some some legitimate interest, mm-hmm. uh, two way interest in this situation. That they're really getting serious about him, and they then they at least think they have a chance. Um, because I just don't see I – mean, Calipari is one of the busiest people on earth to take all that time out of your your schedule to go across the country, and it'll that'll wear you out. Go fly go fly to the West Coast and fly home and see if you feel terrible when you get back, because uh-huh. you will. 
when I went out to the Nike Hoop Summit, I don't, it wasn't even that difficult of a flight. There was just one layover. Uh, my plan was to go to a practice in the evening after I landed, and I just physically couldn't. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't I mean, even get myself yeah. to order an Uber. It was just like, no, I'm going to bed. I just slept for like 10 hours. I felt it was, it makes you feel so lazy, but you know, it's just, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things with the body. Yes. And so to do that again, I, I'm, I'm super interested now in this recruitment for the very, for the simple fact that John Calipari has gone there twice and like clearly wants everybody to know it because he keeps mm-hmm. tweeting out pictures of the mountains and, and you know, this, this walk up the street in Seattle that he had today, he clearly wants it to be known that he's there. So that's interesting. Coming up next, we're going to answer your questions submitted on Twitter. But first, I want to let you guys know about Vivid Seats. Listen, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events. You can sort by price or even Look up a section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Which would you prefer to start out with, sports questions or ridiculous questions, Kyle? Let's go one sports question. One sports question. SGD asked, after the benefit of watching the first half of the season, uh, revise back half predictions for Kentucky football. Oh, uh, gosh, I don't even remember what I picked in the back half of the season. Um, yeah. We all had the set. We flipped two, right? We both. What do we both have, seven and five? We both had them going seven and five. I know in the front half I had them losing. Uh, I had them losing at Florida and against Mississippi State. I think I had them. I think we both had them four and two coming out of the first. Yeah. First half. They're five and one. So if we had them four and two, we both had them losing three games in the back half. I, I don't think that's, I think we had them um, three and three. Unless, no, did you, you picked a, a loss at Missouri. I think we might've, we might've flipped um, something, but I know we both picked them to lose. Missouri, I mean, Georgia. Georgia, obviously. And Louisville. I think, yeah, I picked them to lose Louisville as well, which now it looks utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I probably picked them to lose at Tennessee because they haven't won at Tennessee in like 40 years, uh, which also looks ridiculous. I think that's what uh, it yeah, was. I, mean, I think I picked a loss at, at Missouri and you picked a loss at Tennessee. I think that's what ended yeah. up happening, something like that. So bottom line is the way I see it now, um, I think they're going to win at Missouri. I think they're going to uh, – well, it's, it's Vanderbilt first uh, yeah. at home. They'll, I got That's a win. Mm-hmm. Um at Missouri, that's a tough one, but I think they win it. Um, Georgia at home. We'll just... I mean, they beat South Carolina, and South Carolina just beat Missouri, correct? Correct. Uh, that was a weird game, though. Lightning delays. And... They got, yeah, it got wet. Messed up their passing game. I'll, I'll say they went, They beat Vanderbilt at home. They win at Missouri. They lose to Georgia. They win at Tennessee. 
Whoa. beat Middle Tennessee and win at Louisville. You're going um, ten and two. I mean, I almost cursed just then because <laughs> 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 I can't believe that I did that. Uh, <laughs> The problem is, listen, like when you look at it and it, it is crazy to think that, I mean, from like, if you just yeah. have perspective I mean, I on Kentucky it's... football, but when you look at the teams, if you're, I'll do it like this. If you're ranking the likelihood of a loss, Georgia's obviously one at Missouri's two. And then number yeah. three is at Tennessee, I guess. And yeah. we've seen what Tennessee yeah. is. So when you kind of look at it through that, that prism at worst, I mean, if they go anything less than four and two down the stretch, it's it's going to be a yes. disappointment. I agree. I mean, that's what I would say. I, I I don't think I'm ready to boldly predict ten and two, but I but looking at it, I think they have to be nine and three. Yes, um, I would agree. That's that should be the the, which is the crazy bottom because because they haven't they haven't won eight regular season games since uh, 1984, um, and and so they could do that and make history. But I think eight and four would be totally disappointing. I think if they go three and three in the back half of the schedule, where they're you know a play or two away from being six and zero oh already, yeah, uh, I think would be really disappointing. You know, Georgia to me is still a loss, and then I I very much could see them losing at Missouri or even at Tennessee as as bad as Tennessee has been. You know, in theory, Tennessee may be finally starting to figure out how to play under. Pruitt that deep into the season. It's at Tennessee, which there have been a, a fair number of bad Tennessee teams, average mm-hmm. to bad Tennessee teams that still beat Kentucky in Knoxville. I would say of those three road games, even though Missouri's the best team at Missouri, at Tennessee, at Louisville, you could definitely see a loss in there, but I, I can't see them doing worse than nine yeah. and three, <laughs> which is that is even that is wild to me. Yes. Very- 10 and two is, is 100% on the table for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I, if they get if they get past the Missouri game at would they be seven and one? At that point, you have to almost expect that they're going to go ten and two. Yep. All right. Um, I'll ask you. This is um, this is going to be a challenge for you, and uh, we can get into it later. But this is I like this question from Kevin, and I just want the answer. I don't want any explanation, and I don't want you to think about it too long. Just right off the top of your head, if you were a Head college basketball coach for one season, this season, obviously. Would you rather have freshman Zion Williamson or sophomore P.J. Washington? Oh, man. <laughs> You're just supposed to answer. This is like the quick thing where you just go and you don't think. Zion Williamson. Okay, there you go. I would agree. I think he's really, really good. We can get into that. We'll probably get into that a little bit deeper when we preview the Kentucky Duke game. All right, let's do some rapid-fire kind of off-the-wall ones. Um, Beezy. Said peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and banana sandwich, which is better? Gross. Peanut butter and jelly. You don't like bananas or you don't like peanut butter? It's fine. It's fine. But I mean, you know, I mean, I like bananas, but I don't necessarily need to eat peanut butter on them. Jimmy Um, asks, I would go peanut butter and jelly as well, but only grape jelly. Strawberry jelly is overrated. Jimmy says, is it fair for Kyle to have two kids to take trick-or-treating that probably won't eat all their candy? Should he have to share a bucket with Curtis? Uh, I think Donald Trump Jr. had a whole analogy about this, right? What? About, uh... I did not know this story. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. This was like a uh, – I'm, I'm not – I promise you I'm not getting political here, but this is. But this was like a thing. Uh, let's see. Oh. This is going to get us in trouble. Wait. No, it's just uh, 
it, it was something about uh, capitalism or something. Uh, he made a ridiculous analogy. Uh, was it an analogy or a metaphor? I always get I those know. two things confused. Uh, he said, he tweeted, I'm going to take half, it was on Halloween, and he has a picture of his sad little daughter last Halloween with a half-empty bowl of candy. And it said, this is Donald Trump Jr., I'm going to take half of Chloe's candy tonight and give it to some kid who sat at home. It's never too early to teach her about socialism. <laughs> I mean, whatever your politics are, let's not ruin Thanksgiving with that. Well, it's with it's that. Halloween. I mean, or Halloween. Let's not ruin Thanksgiving either. Let's <laughs> definitely not ruin Thanksgiving with it. But yeah, oh, goodness yeah, I thought I remembered that, and I did. Um, so so yeah, gonna... I guess, I guess I'm a, I guess you know, people probably who follow me on Twitter probably think I'm a socialist. So yeah, I guess I would be required to share share it with Curtis Birch, even though he didn't do anything to deserve, to deserve it or earn it. No, I'll just be slaving away in the in the studio probably. Working on my birthday, Halloween. My man Curtis, your birthday is Halloween. Yeah. How do I not know that? See, mm-hmm. I'm a terrible friend. Yeah. I don't. Even, I don't. I don't know when I your birthday is. I don't know my is. parents' birthdays. Yeah, and I don't even know my the own only, parents' birthdays. Well, no, never mind. I was never mind. I better not. Uh, my dad's <laughs> birthday. I know it for a reason. But if I say it out loud, then bad things could happen. It's not that big a deal. But okay. it's neither here nor there. Um, and I only know my mom's birthday because it's my reset to something. Cause I did that smart, smartly. Cause I always got it mixed up because it like, I don't know why, but in my mind I could never remember if it was June or July. And so then I made it like, you know, your bank, one of your like oh, security right. questions. Well, I don't even think it was my bank. It was like an email thing and I always forget my password. So I always have to do it. So now I know it. That's a, that's a trick for you now children out are, there. Now all people, now all people have to do is figure out your mom's birthday and they can steal all your money. It's not my bank. It's an email. So. And I have like 14 <laughs> emails. So if you want to email me, you can email me at lockedonkentucky at gmail.com. Especially if you'd like advertiser on this podcast. We are loading up on those. So hit yep, us yep. up. We're happy to talk about you and tell people about your business. Yep. And we, as Kyle said, we got a new one that just signed up uh, today or yesterday. I forget. And it depends on, I guess, when you're listening to this as well. So be on the listen for that about that and then go frequent the establishments we advertise on here uh speaking of advertisement kai why don't you advertise your place of work well it's the athletic and uh we're doing cool stuff letters from home a letter from ashton hagan's dad to his son as he starts college we're going to have more of those with the kentucky freshmen we had uh well, what do we have? We had a, a long story about John Calipari and his longevity, what's behind and what's ahead, at, heading into year nine for him, how long he might stay. Uh, today we had a piece on, or yesterday, listening to this, a piece on the biggest mistakes that have made in recruiting Kentucky's players and the, and the thing that John Calipari sealed the deal. By the time you're listening to this, a new piece will be up. Uh, a, a cool read about uh, why – all the Kentucky players chose their jersey numbers, and some oh. are really boring and mundane, and some are interest, kind of weird and interesting. A couple of them are really touching. Uh, one of them in particular is really touching, and so piece, and that'll be up as well. So sign up at the Athletic. Uh, the subscription is as we've debated about whether this is one, the price of one cup of coffee per month, depending on where you drink your coffee. Maybe one gallon of milk. I think with our thirty percent discount with the college basketball expansion that we've just done. 
the promotion we're doing, it, it comes out to about three ninety nine a month. So whether it's coffee, whatever it might be, uh, it's a pretty reasonable price and you get everything at the athletic. You get all our NBA coverage, NFL, everything. We cover everything. Hey. We have uh, uh, hundreds of writers now and it's really cool. It's a really fun place. Um, I hope you'll join. So go to the athletic and download the app and follow me on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore a T H. Speaking of NBA, how about Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, and Andrew Wiggins? Woo! Oh my gosh. Anyway. Reportedly, Jimmy Butler (laughs) went right at Carl Towns' head. Maybe we'll talk more about that on a later podcast. Yeah. uh, The next edition of this podcast, I believe, will feature our takeaways from Media Day because, Kyle, that's happening Thursday, and we will both be there talking to the players. So we'll probably have some takeaways from then, obviously, and John Calipari will talk to the media. And remember, Kyle, it's media day, not coach's day. (laughs) Not coach day. The greatest line Jerry Tipton has ever delivered. That was a terrific interaction last year. And that was, uh, I mean, say whatever you want about Jerry Tipton, but the man has got some stones. (laughs) So stay tuned for all that coverage on my Twitter account at Curtis Birch, (laughs) B-U-R-C-H. If Jerry Tipton has any good questions, I'll be sure to tweet him out. Um, and be sure to be following at LockedOnUK on Twitter and find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. And then be sure to rate, review, and subscribe and share this podcast with anyone else who would enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.